0: There's
1: a big problem in this this country with some of the anger and frustration that some white males have that's not being addressed. Nobody talks about their job situation. Nobody talks about uh, what can actually be done to make sure they're getting a fair say. None of that is ever talked about. And when you have that kind of frustration and it's not addressed, it leads you to believe any conspiracy. It leads you to believe any type of rage that you have for any other particular group, and it can kind of put you in a bad place. Like I said, it's not addressed, and when it is addressed, it's somebody using them and their anger to get a bill passed or to stop someone from being elected. So it's it's pretty much always been used as a weapon instead of being used to actually better their communities and and fix them up.
0: I think, like, poor whites see themselves, poor middle-class whites see themselves more aligned with rich whites, like fucking Donald Trump and these idiots more so than, like, their actual neighbors, like poor middle-class black people or poor middle-class, you know, anyone of color. So, like, what, what is the rift there, you know? Like, what, what's
2: happening? What can be done about that? It's November 14th, 2018. Welcome to paradox of civility. I'm your host Roy Koshi. So on this episode you're about to hear I revisit episode 18 of the hate project. Now for those who are tuning in for the very first time the hate project was an online radio show I hosted and of course created um, in which I allowed hate mongers actual hate mongers to call in and have a dialogue with me about why they hate how they learned how to hate. So what you're about to hear is an edited version of an episode that aired on January 21st, 2013. That date was Martin Luther King Day, um, the official holiday. Now, in the full-length episode, um, I interact for a long time with people in the chat room. They're saying hateful things. It's not necessarily that much more hateful because it's Martin Luther King Day. Um, It's kind of standard at this point of people hate trolling me and uh being just getting away with saying uh racist hateful speech and language um and this episode actually ends up being one of the more peaceful episodes um so in the beginning uh, you heard a snippet of Naj radio Naj radio is the African American sports host who was also hosting a show on talk show at the time um, he and I talked for a little bit and I try to talk to him about his, um, experiences with racism, his views on racism and why it persists. Um, and I think he has a lot of great insights, great perspectives. Um, he's somebody who seems like he's curious about the world around him, uh, sort of like myself. And, um... Yeah, I think I should reach out to him or or try and locate him to have him back on the show on this new show I'm doing. So, anyways, in the opening, you heard that he was talking about a lot of uh, young white men who have been left behind in society, um, and then uh, their issues, their sort of loss of, say, um, you know, opportunity, their loss of um, their own self-esteem has caused them to retreat into anger and caused them to even um, join hate groups and uh, escape into an ideology of hatred and violence and destruction. Um, and he mentions how um, most of the time people don't address that and when they do address it, it is to take advantage of them, to get votes, to get them to oppress other people. So, if that opening clip reminded you of a certain campaign, a certain presidential campaign that was happening for the last uh, since 2015 and uh, led to our hellscape now, um, the hint is Donald Trump. Because uh, I mentioned Donald Trump, uh, and again, this is an episode from 2013. Donald Trump was still very prominent in the birther sort of conspiracy. Movement in America questioning whether Barack Obama was really from America Uh, Everyone saw that this was obviously motivated by race and um, It was you know a very cynical use of racism to you know, basically um, Mobilize people against the current president at the time Now in this interview um, I tend to agree with Naj's assessment I am also I also tend to, in this particular interview you're about to hear, I poo-poo the non-cis uh, white males who are maybe calling out white privilege, white privilege, because at this point, white privilege had become sort of a meme, and um, I was sort of addressing that, you know, yelling white privilege at white males who don't feel that privilege, uh, I don't know how effective that is, Um but um since then i don't feel that much sympathy anymore i feel sympathy for of course white males on an individual level um if they're going through something if they're suffering if they've had loss uh, if they're struggling to get a job or to retain a job if they're struggling to find their place in the world like kind of on an individual level um i do have a lot of um sympathy um just on this broader cultural level i don't anymore because Um, What Naj was talking about and what we end up talking about, he and I end up talking about, um, are a lot of talking points that, while sincere and while they are important, they seem to have every week since the 2016 presidential election made their way into every think piece and every mainstream, quote unquote, liberal uh, newspaper or liberal news television uh, piece uh, about, you know, all oh, the plight of the Trump voter and what drove them to that. In a way that I don't see that same amount of sympathy, that same amount of uh, reaching out going to, say, um, those who were seeking asylum in this country, only to have their babies ripped away from their arms, not knowing where their children are being taken, um, people being banned from certain countries that we've been bombing for a long time uh banned from coming over here um, to either reunite with family or start a new life honestly so um i do a lot of both sides and we talk about like how people are getting more tribal in life and um we also talk about um you know uh the media being a lot more niche oriented and I sort of do a both-sidism sort of thing of like, well, it's Fox News and then MSNBC. I'm not a fan of either of them, to be honest. And, um, you know, neither of them are really news. But um, the both-sidisms, one of them is just uh, fascist propaganda. The other one is just uh, feckless uh, liberals who think they're just too smart. They're, they're not exactly the same thing. Um, but I, I don't know. I question the both-sidism take that I have here. Um later in the program uh dragon the resident clansman calls in we talk about gun control for a little bit uh, amongst other things in this episode dragon has a very reasonable take on gun control he basically says that um you know he says that nobody uh has a right to an ar-15 you know Um, So he has a very reasonable take on gun control, more reasonable than our mainstream um, Second Amendment fanatics, uh, mainstream organizations that are, um, you know, gun rights organizations quote unquote, uh, like the National Rifle Association, the NRA. Um, You know, he has a more reasonable take on proper gun ownership. And uh, there's somebody with an Australian accent who calls in nearing the end of the show who tries to debate both me and Dragon. Um, Now, um, when I share that, I'm not celebrating Dragon, just to let you know. (laughs) Uh, I'm not saying, hey, he's he's maybe not a good... Look, a broken clock is right twice a day, and he's correct about this. He has a reasonable take on uh, owning assault rifles. So, um, you know... uh, that's where we are right now um, somebody who's on the fringe has a more reasonable view of gun control at least he did it back in 2013 uh than, uh the current sort of uh most prominent gun rights organization in the nation probably in the world um and i here's here's uh something to just um think about so A week ago on the evening of November 7th 2018 again this podcast is about sort of revisiting these conversations and looking at them under the current times that we're living in right now Um, on November 7th Ian David Long um, went into borderline bar and grill um, and he shot and killed a total of 12 people and that would include himself Um, This took place in Thousand Oaks, California, and a really sad story because um, one of the survivors of the Las Vegas mass shooting ended up becoming a shooting victim in this latest uh, mass shooting at Thousand Oaks. Um, Telemachus Orfanos was his name. Um, Another victim in this shooting was actually a sergeant, a cop as well sergeant ron helis was his name now um, ian david long was a former marine many people have tried to pin this on ptsd from serving in afghanistan however uh long had exhibited um, violent proclivities way before joining the marines Uh, in fact uh, one of his high school coaches Um, She actually has been speaking on this about how she noticed that in high school he was a ticking time bomb. Um, Evie Kluk is her name and um, basically she made complaints to school administrators to fellow coaches about his behavior and um you know another coach of his dominique Collel, uh says that he grabbed her rear end and kind of groped her in a, a really inappropriate a sexually inappropriate way um and so complaints were made but people did not the, the administration at this high school did not want to ruin his career in the marines in the military so um they did implore though Continually to please do something about uh, Ian David long Um, And you know, they contend that had someone intervened maybe 12 people would be alive right now Um, now I Share that um, Ian David long uh, as a a white dude um, a Lot of folks were circulating that this was a Middle Eastern uh, attacker Before all the evidence came out, a lot of the uh, chodes on the right wing media ecosystem, like on Twitter and what have you, like your Paul Joseph Watson and your Laura Loomers and folks like that, um, was revealed as another white guy who did this. Um, And then, you know, of course, because it's a white guy, we look to PTSD. I'll post another article about this, about folks basically saying don't blame the PTSD because uh, this behavior was there before. His horrible temper was there before he went to uh, see combat overseas. Um, And in fact, I do want to share this as well. Um, He posted on social media during this attack, and uh, I'll just read a couple things he said. He says, it's too bad I won't get to see all the illogical and pathetic reasons people will put in my mouth as to why I did it. fact is I had no reason to do it, and I just thought, fuck it, life is boring, so why not? I hope people call me insane, put two smiley face emojis there. Wouldn't that just be a big ball of irony? Yeah, I'm insane, but the only thing you people do after these shootings is hopes and prayers or keep you in my thoughts every time, and you wonder why these keep these keep happening. And he puts more smiley face emojis. Um, so <laughs> sometimes, uh, okay, how, how am I going to talk about this? Um, so with this project that I was doing the hate project um, I really was trying to understand what drove people to hate what drove people to want to see the genocide of other groups of people and a response I kept getting back was either like some sort of like hyperbolic uh, you know I got some stories of a couple people but a lot of people were like well hey I just don't like them and hey you're accused you know you're the why are you accusing me of hatred I just hate (laughs) like but I don't have you know They sort of, like, took me to task for, like, uh, trying to find an origin story for them. And um, I guess, like, when I read these little, like, posts here, this guy has uh, basically, you know, he understands what he's doing. He understands the common response. I don't think this is somebody who's disassociated from reality. Um, And so... He, he understands the game. He's, he sees behind, he sees like the coding there and he's making fun of it all and also participating in the horribleness of it um, while mocking the fact that it is all a game. And then real bloodshed is shed. Uh, real blood is shed, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it's part of also revisiting this show is wondering whether I made a mistake in even doing it. Now, also on November seventh, uh, the NRA uh, basically was criticizing a report from the Annals of Internal Medicine uh, that was pushing for gun control, and they told uh, they they basically suggested to doctors that they stay in their lane. Uh, many doctors have responded in in turn. They've shown pictures of bloody, um, you know, uh, garb. And uh, they've described uh, treating bullet wounds, and and uh, having to explain to someone's parents that their child died from uh, gun violence, and you know, basically saying that this is our lane. Um, so the NRA started a fight with doctors <laughs> um, last week as well, and um, they didn't say anything about Jamel Robertson. Now Jamel Robertson uh, was somebody who broke up a fight. He broke up a confrontation that involved gunmen in Chicago, and uh, I'll post an article about this as well. Basically, there was an altercation, um, and then uh, somebody um, started open who, who uh, opened fire uh, within this fight. And Jamel Robertson uh, was working security at this uh, venue. It's called uh, Manny's Blue Room Lounge. And he subdued the gunmen. And then the cops came and they shot Jamel Robertson. Now, Jamel Robertson is the good guy with a gun that the NRA always says that that's the person that you defeat. How do you defeat a bad guy with a gun? You got to have a good guy with a gun in the room. And um, the cops gunned him down. He was actually doing his job, he saved a lot of lives. And uh, he's dead now, 26 years old. And he was actually trained, he wanted to be a cop basically that was his dream and uh, that's not going to happen now the NRA uh, at least at this taping hasn't said a word about this yet so yeah that's uh that's what's going on uh this week um so enjoy this episode um there's a lot going on this week um you know some high school kids were doing a Nazi salute in Wisconsin um, I don't necessarily want to get into that right now. Um, uh, GOP candidate in Mississippi, uh, her name is uh, Senator Hyde-Smith. And uh, she uh, talked about going to a public hanging of her opponent, who's an African-American in Mississippi. Um, You know, maybe I'll talk about this, these two things in future episodes. I still haven't really addressed Botham Jean. That death disturbs me because it happened in my hometown. So um, I will talk some other time about that, though, and I'll probably touch on these other uh, topics uh, that I just now mentioned at a later episode. But I don't want to... There's a lot to process, obviously, and uh, listener, you probably know that if you're living in the world right now. So, um, But I just want to keep uh, the incidences that match what the content of this Hate Project episode, um, I just want to keep that all... Uh, at least somewhat matching. Anyways, uh, have a listen and enjoy. Or be upset. Whatever your reaction is, is the right reaction.
0: I had an idea, though. Um, so, I know, like, white people in general in respectable society, it's, um, it's not considered, you know, acceptable for them to use the N-word, right? So, I was wondering... I had this idea today. Um, how much, how, and I want to float it by you guys. Like, do you think it would be successful if I, if I set up like a, a private booth, like a peep show type booth that they have like in, in porn houses and stuff like that? If I set up like booths, but it was like a nigger booth, right? Where you could just go into a, a dark room, you're having a hard day at work, and you need to take it out on somebody. Or just like you just want to scream the N word, you put in a quarter, you go into like this room and just scream the N word for five for like five minutes. You pay you maybe you, you you pay by the time you use. So like a quarter will get you like one minute of just screaming the N word. Three dollars will get you five minutes. Five dollars will get you ten minutes. <clears throat> you think that'd be successful? Is that a successful business plan? Be kinda of like a peep
3: show booth. But I'm... see.
0: monkey ass cracker motherfucking snow monkeys. Ugh. Oh, guy's lame. Anyways, uh Dragon, you're saying they already have that room. The break room at most social services. <laughs> but in those, could you really could you really get a Because you really get away with that. I'm saying, like, it would just be, like, where you could really get your nut off. Like, those sort of porn houses that have peep show rooms where, like, you have a private dancer. Or, like, those porn houses um, where um, you just go into and you watch a video and you just jerk off in there, right? This would just be for white people because they're so oppressed by not using the N-word and not being allowed to use the N-word. That they could just go into this room, pay a fee, scream the N word to the just at the top of their lungs. Just scream it at the top of their lungs in a padded room, and then they'll be like, Oh, I feel better. Okay. Why, yes, I will see that new Will Smith film. I enjoy Morgan Freeman's voice. Maybe not even going that far, but like, you know just just uh just um just doing that.
3: <sighs> okay, dragon. you're asking what would that solve? Well
0: here's what it would solve. It would just get it would be like a catharsis. You know what that means? It would just get this
3: off people's chest <clears throat>
0: And so, um. Guest number four is writing, seriously, you don't think society is generally better without blacks, HP. It's sort of like dragon. What I'm what I'm trying to say is like, um what I'm trying to say is like people like white people evidently have this pent up thing and um and they're pissed off that they can't say the N word. It would just be like it would be like sort of the analogy would be the porn booth where like they you something could just jerk off in private their lunch break or whatever. You know? Or whatever. Now you're writing, how about we work for their demise like we've done for years? Well, it's their demise. Yeah, you've been doing that for years. Um...
3: You've been doing that for years, and you've been very successful. I'm sure that's a fun idea, but it's pointless.
0: I know it's pointless. I uh, it was meant to be like sort of like a bad business idea, meant to be funny, meant to be like sort of look. A porn booth is kind of pointless too, but people enjoy them, and they make money. Look, man, I'm a businessman and an activist. And so, uh, guess number four writing, you know, seriously, you don't think society is generally better without blacks' HP? Thanks for being politically correct there, by the way. Um, better as in less crime, nicer surroundings. Like the town of Newtown, Connecticut, uh, that black town and those black people who shot at that school. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, Dragon1488 is writing, it would be a moneymaker, though. See, the secret Jew in you is clicking. You're implying that, uh, I'm Jewish because, um, because I have a good business plan. So you're saying to me, Dragon, that only Jews have good business sense and business plans. Okay. All right, I'll go along with that. Whatever, man. Um... Hey, guess number four, you know what I love? I love that there were a bunch of shootings and guns going off at every at every gun rally on Gun Appreciation Day. Many more, please. Like, things like that make me, like, sort of, like... Look, I used to be like, okay, gun control, that's important. But, like, sometimes stuff like that, it's like, okay, these retards are going to kill themselves. Cool. Let that... You know what? Let them have their fucking rallies and let them shoot these, shoot each other in the fucking face. Gives a shit.
3: Ugh. Okay,
0: so guess number four, you're writing. Um, the gun shows and gun appreciation, day, appreciation days are safe. All right, just just read the fucking news. Like five people got fucking like injured badly. <laughs> Dragon fourteen eighty eight is writing, America doesn't need assault rifles. I'm I'm with you on that. Old friend. New friend. I don't know. Hello. Are you can you hear me, sir?
1: Yes. How you doing, man?
0: I'm well. How you doing? Is this uh this is Naj Radio, right?
1: Yeah, Naj, man.
0: Naj Radio, sorry.
1: <laughs> How you doing, Naj. <laughs>
0: We have some people uh, who are reacting already to your presence. One says, fuck off, Naj. And oh, um, you, you've you been on this show before, so... Um,
1: yeah, I mean, you, but if I'm not in the discussion, I'll just listen. I don't have an ego like that.
0: Okay. <laughs> so basically, like, I was really, like, uh, trying to ask December 4. He's been, like, screaming the N-word in my chat here. And I was asking him, like, where that came from. Like, does he interact with black people? And then, like, I was called an idiot by everybody. Oh, Dragon is in here. He said he'll be right back. I don't know what he's doing. But uh, let me get to that in a second. And then, like, this guy, like, refuses to answer, like, where it's coming from. And that's what I'm trying to fucking figure out. And um, then I'm called names. And then Dragon, like, I called out Dragon. Dragon likes Indian food. And as we established... He likes, you know, Tyler Perry films and shit like that. And uh, then he wrote, diversity equals debt to racism. And I said, hey, dude, you can't like the shit you like because you can't like Indian food then if you feel that way. Am I out of line? Is that really wrong of me to say?
1: Well, I I don't think it's wrong of you to say, but I doubt he would, you know, hold that as an opinion he wants to carry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. it. Sounds like sound advice to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, guest number four, you sound. Uh, guest number four, you sound like a fucking. How old are you, guest number four? It's an anonymous show. Are you like eleven? <laughs> Your dad, when you you're kind of discovering that, and um, you're um, taking it out on this chat room. I'm not gonna say. Yeah, you're probably like forty-seven or something like that, and which makes it a little bit more sad. Your daddy doesn't love you, and um, <laughs> God, I'm whatever, man. Um, you're saying come yeah, well,
1: on. You guys discussing? Uh, like I said, I'm just—I just saw you all on Twitter. I'm just checking, checking you guys out. Well.
0: Okay, so it's been... I kind of touched on Martin Luther King Day, um, and um, I asked people if they went to work today in protest of Martin Luther King Day because they must hate MLK. And um, it turns out, like, these guys are kind of unemployed anyway. So, um, uh, and then, like, we were discussing, like, the crime statistics with black people versus white people and some people were saying that black people are a savage race. And I brought up like Newtown, very white town. And a very white guy committed that horrible crime. And uh nobody really like sort of challenged that. They just kept saying, like, oh, that's a that's a isolated instance. School shootings are rare. Even though they're not rare anymore, man. There was another one that happened in California. Like right at like it was only like, like two or three weeks after that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much a silly conversation. I mean, people are always products of their environment and their own, their raising, and, you know, what they've seen and how drastic, you know, their life is as far as what they're willing to do. It doesn't have anything to do with what color you are. Uh, you look at most trailer parks right now, they got a crystal meth epidemic going on. got a lot of crime, a lot of bad situations going on. That's not because they're white. It's because they're poor in a bad situation, and Looking for answers, and for the most part, most people turn to drugs when they're in those pressurized situations, don't know what to do. But it has nothing to do with color.
0: I agree. It, yeah, it has to do with, like, sort of, like, p- placing people in a desperate situation, in my opinion. Yeah, and, like, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. You nailed it. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to validate everything you say, Naj Radio, because uh, it's just going to piss people off here um, in this room. But actually, you know, now that I have you on the phone, um, did you, and again, like, it's an an anonymous show, like, don't give me any details about your life, but did you grow up in the north or did you grow up in the south?
1: Uh, I'm actually from the Midwest, man. I'm from Illinois.
0: Did you you grow up, like, near a city, like Chicago, or did you grow up sort of in the suburbs, or did you, like, what's your deal?
1: No, I'm from the inner city of a place called Peoria, Illinois. So, not Chicago. A little smaller.
0: Hey, uh, fun fact about Peoria, Illinois. Everybody in the chat room, and I know you're going to love this. Birthplace of Richard Pryor. He That's grew- right. Hey, guys. Aren't you excited about that? Anyone?
3: <laughs> All right. Uh,
0: <laughs> Guest number three is right. The host will be sucking Naj's dick soon. No, I mean, we... <sighs> Look, yeah,
1: man. well, when you're considered the enemy, anything you agree with on me here, you know what I mean? It'll be looked at like that. But uh, I think it, guess there's, a, a guess there's a big problem in this, in this country with some of the anger and frustration that some white males have that's not being addressed. Nobody talks about their job situation. Nobody talks about uh, what can actually be done to make sure they're getting a fair shake. None of that is ever talked about. And when you have that kind of frustration and it's not addressed, it leads you to believe any conspiracy. It leads you to believe any type of rage that you have for any other particular group. And it can kind of put you in a bad place. You know so what? It, it, oh, go ahead.
0: No, that, you just brought up a great point that, like, and this is, like, so, like, I, as you can maybe guess, like, I have I have friends um we're kind of across the political spectrum. And um what you're bringing up is a great point because like a lot of my friends on the left love to fucking like talk about uh white privilege. Oh, white privilege, white privilege. And they're kind of talking about like a systemic and historical privilege, but the problem and, and you just pointed out this Nash, and I and I I want everyone in the chat to listen to this and, and because I do empathize, like the average white guy doesn't feel privileged. Like they just sort of feel like they have a shitty job. They got a shitty situation. They got to take care of their family. They don't feel privileged at all. And like, not, and like you said, like, how are you fucking being addressed? Like, like the fact that like their jobs are also being taken away. Like, like they're sort of like the American dream is crumbling before them. You know, It's crumbling before a lot of people, but like, it, it's especially like, you know, that it, it, it's like, they're not being included in the dialogue. You're, you're absolutely right, and that's a problem.
1: Well, they're, they're facing basically what black people have faced for the last 80 years as far as the way this country is run, as far as opportunities. So a lot of these people are frustrated. And if you can't access your white privilege, if you don't have the resources. So if you can't put on that, that perfect Brooks Brothers suit and speak with the right type of twang that they like as far as, you know, that, that – accepted American uh, business vernacular, if you can't speak with that, then you're kind of on the outs in their mind. So they get all of the, I guess you could say the condemnation, condemnation from being white males, but they don't get the benefits of it. So, of course, they're pissed.
0: I mean, and, and this is something that, like, I often challenge, like, people who I know, like people of color, you know, women, LGBTQ, it's like, when I hear them sort of like going off, I'm like, "Oh, white privilege, white privilege, and it's just like you're right on a on a sort of general level and a historical level, but like at the end of the day um individual, on an individual personal level, like the average white person doesn't feel privileged like they feel like I got this, and kind of like what you said, like there's no sort of like special button that they have that they're invoking at all, like it's just sort of like and that and that like and i i I'm f- fucking trying to do this, but people don't want to play ball with me on in this dumb show.
1: Uh, like, goes but but the thing the thing is, the benefits of white privilege that they do enjoy, they don't know about because they haven't had to deal with the opposite of that. Meaning, you don't see a, a black cop on TV trying to explain why he thought a white kid's cell phone was a gun, so he shot him.
3: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't
1: have to deal with that type of thing, so they don't, You know what I mean? They can't even comprehend that that, that's an actual thing or an actual possibility of of a risk of you going out on a Friday night. So there's that part of it too. But like I said, it's not addressed. And when it is addressed, it's somebody using them and their anger to get a bill passed or to stop someone from being elected. So it's, it's pretty much always been used as a weapon instead of, being used to actually better their communities and, and fix them up. The trailer park is just as generational in its poverty as the ghetto is. Nobody talks about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, and and it's – so, hold on. I'm, I I have to break this for a second. Uh, Vlad Putin is writing, hey, to break in, just talk to Bednarski, and he said this call has to be over by 2 a.m. or else. Sorry, just the messenger here. What is that? And I just... One hammer chopped from Betty, and you were nose deep in ground. What the fuck does that mean, dude?
1: No idea.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. I, I have to give this fucking disclaimer one more time. I cannot believe I have to fucking do this. Okay, guys. This is a free speech zone. I'm, it, it's meant to be an honest conversation and an honest dialogue, which means I allow a lot of the language in here, but do not fucking make any threats. Because you know what? Like, fucking, it's against the law. And you're writing it on the internet, and it's there. The records are there. And I actually keep my chats, because I'm trying to get better at this fucking show... See the material I'm working with, it's hard to do, but like, so Vlad Putin, what the fuck does that mean? One hammer chop from Betty and you are nose deep in the ground. You are free to explain yourself, whatever that means. But dude, if you're making a threat, I suggest you don't fucking make that threat, because it's against the law.
3: Whoa, dude, you were, oh, fucking coward,
0: fuck you. Who's Bednarski? Wow, dude, you were so serious. Lighten up. See ya, pal. What a loser. Yeah, fuck you, you coward. Anyways, sorry, sorry, Nash. Um, do you remember like a time in your life where you became aware of race or like the fact that like there were different standards of race in this country, or or just growing up? Did you, did, did that happen to you at a young age or at an older age, Nash?
1: Well, that happens to everyone at a young age. Uh, first time you turn on television, it's to the radio. Right. You learn a little bit about it, so everybody gets it.
0: I mean, did you ever, like, have, like, somebody call you a name or something like that, or somebody, um, um, sort
3: of like...
1: Yeah, I've I've, I've had the black experience in America. I've been... Pulled over multiple times for no reason. I've been searched and harassed for no reason. I've been called names a few times, but I mean, it's part of the experience. Uh,
3: right. That's okay.
1: something I want to continue, but I don't have a situation to where I was beat, beaten down or something crazy like that, though.
0: Right. Um. But, like, you don't... You don't hate, like, all white people because of those experiences. Do you?
1: I don't hate white people at all. I don't hate any of people.
0: So, like, I mean, this is something that I'm trying to get at because, like, a lot of these guys and... A lot of these guys, like... Like, guess number four is hinting at some sort of armed robbery. I don't even know if he's, like, fucking telling the truth or not. But, like, um... They sort of, like, point to, like, this one incident with a person of color, and then it sets them on this path of, like, you know what? All of them are evil. So I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you, like, w- what is the difference? Is it, like, just a fucking, like, a consciousness of the world around you, or, like, is it, like, like I'm just sort of curious as to.
1: Well, if, if you treat, uh, I guess, race like a subject, then it would just come from not studying and not learning. So if you pick up a lot of literature about race and read about it and learn, then you'll have a more informed opinion. But if you don't, and all you get your experience from is, say, the television and then your personal experience, then you go based on that. Now, you can have your opinion. It just won't be a very informed one. Uh, Say, for instance, the Korean corner store that I go to uh, because it's by my house. If I said, uh, well, all Koreans are rude or all Koreans are this, because of that particular store owner, that's just an uninformed, ignorant opinion of mine based off of a small sample size. Right. It doesn't actually mean anything.
3: Right. I so if you. a guy's
1: somebody robbing him, then, yeah, it's just an uninformed opinion. Your right. life experience is not the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, people just need to understand that, too. Like, and it, but it's it's so rare that people... People get to that, like even even. Um, let's see, uh, guess under four's rang. Blacks do more crime. End of story. Um.
1: Okay, let's let, well, let's let's sit on that. He says blacks do more crime. Uh, when the Irish came here, when the Italians came here, when the Jewish folks came here, what were they saying about them? As far as who was on the lowest rung of society, usually commits the most crimes nothing new or special. Uh, uh, quote, a teacher of mine, man has three occupations, work, follow, or crime. So if you don't give people those first two opportunities, that's what's left. Yeah. And you can, step, you can see the same thing in those poor white communities, same thing in poor Latino communities.
0: Right, right, right. I would
1: challenge... I see there, there are over 300 white supremacist groups in this country. I haven't heard one of them address wealth inequality or the poverty in these poor white areas. I never hear that addressed by the so called white supremacist groups. And that's one thing I would challenge them on. Like you yeah. say you're for people, you say you want to build for them, and you're getting a bad break as far as how everybody covers you and thinks about you. Well, how can we not do more for poor whites in this country? Would be my question to those groups.
0: That's very true. Good point. Um, very good point. In fact, like I was uh, today, there's this. Uh, I found this uh, quarterly review called Freedom Ways. It was written in 1964. It's a quarterly review of the Negro Freedom Movement. That it's their words, not mine. Um, and a gentleman named Henry O. Mayfield. Nobody's ever heard of him, but he was an African-American gentleman who um he was like a, a a trade unionist and he was like a big union guy because he worked in the coal mines for a long time in Tennessee. And um he was one of the people a lot of a lot of the people who were, who were working in these coal mines were black. And this coalition of workers organized a union and they they helped like organize for overtime, for a 5-day work week, for a reasonable uh um you know, a, a reasonable, basically, like, work schedule and stuff like that. And so, um, basically, they had, and this is back in, like, the the late 30s, early 40s. So, they had a strike, and there was already a white labor movement going on. Um, this is going to annoy everybody, and I cannot wait. Um, guess number four is writing, yeah, this show can eat a fat nigger dick.
1: Well,
0: they taste pretty good. Um. So basically, um, this gentleman Henry Mayfield he wrote this piece because he was like the for- on the forefront of this, and um, he basically writes, you know, the Negro workers were the main leaders in organizing unions in the U.S. Steel, Republic Steel, and Sloss Iron Company. The Negroes were the first to join the unions in the above mentioned industri- industries. And uh, he basically said the white workers only came forward after they found out the negroes were going to win without them. And he's referring to um, basically like you know winning like contracts and stuff like that. And um, so the negro workers chained the white workers in the struggle. And uh, this is basically like how the South. This took place in Alabama, and this is how the South got a union. And so um, yeah. now the reason I'm even bringing this up is that throughout this whole uh, quarterly review like there's a lot of like it's about civil rights it's about civil rights for african americans but there's just as much sort of a focus within these movements like those like the southern like the southern uh negro youth conference um there was just as much like a focus on unions on sort of building alliances with you know white unions and whatnot, and uh, even like when they were resistant so like the civil rights movement wasn't just about like, hey, it's our people. We're being oppressed. It was about like, okay, fair pay. Are we making sure that like education is good for everybody? Are we – this show's really different tonight. Sorry, everybody. I don't care. Um, you know, is is education good for everybody? Like these are like just societal things that take care of us. So, I mean, what what is happening that like poor whites are more – I think, like, poor whites see themselves, poor middle-class whites see themselves more aligned with rich whites, like fucking Donald Trump and these idiots, more so than, like, their actual neighbors, like poor middle-class black people or poor middle-class, you know, anyone of color. So, like, what, what is the rift there, you know? Like, what, what's happening? What can be done about that?
1: Uh, I think it goes back to how we started it and just saying that those, those concerns and needs aren't addressed. So when somebody does finally address you, you're willing to listen, especially if they compliment you. So that's pretty much how that works. You got people voting against their own interests, which is the same you could say for poor blacks voting for the Democratic Party. Oh yeah, voting against their own interests because either they have no more options, and that's the one party that speaks to them. So that's pretty much what you got. Nothing new so, though.
0: Yeah, and so um, Dragon, you're writing wrong. Tell me. You can. You're free to tell me why I'm wrong. Um. um what? So I, I will pose this. I kind of feel like this is kind of a failing in the African American leadership and the people of color leadership, in general, that we're not make, we're not having this conversation.
1: Well, like with, I, you know what I mean? I don't. Not really, just because what leaders have that kind of power in this day and age. There is no black leader that has that kind of power.
0: You mean, like, there's not, like, sort of, like, a, a Martin Luther King icon that we have right now?
1: No. <laughs> you don't give guys like that all the time. No, not at all.
0: Right. Um, I mean, like, but <clears throat> I guess the question would be, then, it's sort of a conundrum because what can be done because like a lot of like what's happening right now. And it's just sort of a development of this culture in general is everybody's going into their own niche. Now everybody's like, and it's, it's internet culture. It's, it's everything. Like people are just sort of like going into their own worlds now and they're not sort of like seeing commonalities between each other. And it's a problem in every movement. It's, it's sort of like the flaw of identity politics in general, of, like, you know, it's people are sort of getting tribal now in a weird way. Like, we're in a society right now where we can literally talk to anybody over a fucking... like like we're doing right now. You know, I'm talking to strangers over a computer having a, a radio show. But, like...
1: Well, things, things like that take time, though, man. Because, okay, let's say you, you start something like the Tea Party movement where you get all of these people engaged and excited about politics and wanting to make change that They see as the right way. Then they find out the party starts to get a little cozy up to the Republican Party. And before you know it, they're absorbed by the Republican Party and don't really uh, address the issues that they started off with. So all of that uh, energy and passion that you have for politics falls back into the same old, oh, man, it's just the same as it was. It doesn't make a difference. So when you keep doing that generation after generation, it's hard to really, you know, make progress. And you know, the same thing with Occupy and, and other movements that happened on the left get the same type of thing. At a yeah. certain point seeing them actually talking to, you know, Barack Obama thinking he was going to take their side on anything when, you know, you know who he works for.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Um so Dragon Your Right <coughs> sorry, I have a bit of a cough. Dragon You're writing poor whites don't identify with Donald Trump um okay, bad example. you called me on it you're right dragon um but um, they identify with like sort of like the rich they they identify with like white people of different classes above them, even though like those white people of like in the upper middle class, the wealthy white one percent, whatever you want to call them don't us don't associate with poor whites whereas like just on a on a day to day individual basis. On a day-to-day basis, you have more in common with the people around you who are in the same class system as you are. Yep. I mean, like, oh, by the way, everybody, um, everyone who's left here, um, I've, well, I've alienated everybody. Um, I'm, I'm so sad about that. By the way, um, anyone's welcome to call in. Uh, yeah, so they you know, are, number three, they number five.
1: Talking too much, or they're not allowed to say, that they're not being allowed to say anything. What are they mad about?
0: I don't know, like, I've, I've really, I think I've been fair throughout this entire fucking project, like, I've been, like, I was posing questions and, like, and unfortunately, like, when it gets uncomfortable, it's like, oh, you're an idiot, you've been indoctrinated by the Jews, and dumb shit like that, so, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know what to do, man, because, like, so guess number three, guess number five, and Dragon, of course, I mean, you know, you're always welcome to call in, man, like, I hope you know that, like, you're always welcome to call in, and, I like hearing from you and uh, you know, want to hear about your your new comedy routines that you, you throw out all the time, buddy. Um, because I, in fact, like, I mean, it, it's weird though because like, the discussion that we're having right now, I think that a lot of white people, especially like a lot of white people who live like enclosed in like, a world of bigotry, they don't hear this from people of color that like, they don't hear like, say like, you know, you noticing that they're not being taken care of and they're not being addressed. You know? And, um, like, their concerns are not being addressed. And, like, that's fucking important. And the fact that, like...
1: To, but to acknowledge that or, or even think about it would be to forget everything that you've ever uh, solidified as truth. Meaning a conservative guy reads a certain paper, he goes to certain websites, so he, he keeps his ideas there. His friends share pretty much the same ideas. And you go to the other side of the left, same thing. They read the same certain yeah. newspapers, certain websites, so they pretty much don't challenge their own thinking. So we got two people with two sets of facts talking about they have the only truth.
0: Yeah. Um, And it, it, it's kind of interesting because, like, and I, I feel the same way. It's like, yeah, people on the right, Fox News, people on the left, Rachel Maddow and... MSNBC and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, it's like at the end of the day, it's like, it's just, it's almost like people don't really want to learn anything anymore. Like they just want to like, they want to like sort of like have their own views validated. And what's sort of been interesting about this particular show that I've been doing here is that I've been like truly trying to learn what's been going on with people and where people are coming from. Um, the reason I even began it was that like, It was partially like, you know, meant to be something fun, but it was also like sort of like, well, we don't have an honest discussion about like, say, hatred in this country. Like we live in this era of like, you know, platitudes and like, you know, nice sayings. You'll see it on Facebook all the time. But like we don't have like an honest discussion, but like people are sort of isolated from each other. We still have like these problems all the time. People are divided. People are killing each other. Um, and we don't have an honest discussion about race. Like, you know, on the one hand, you have, like, just hate speech from, you know, like, these organizations. And then the liberal side, the more left side, is like, oh, we have to be careful with our language and our tone and everything. Yeah. And so, like, and yeah. like that that sort of suppresses any sort of honest discussion. And then, like, there, you have, like, this sort of third, and I don't know how old you are, Naj, but, like, in art and you know, I'm in my generation there's been like this ironic racism of like people making like racial jokes and being like, Oh, I'm just sort of like saying these racist things in the tone and form of a joke, but I'm not really racist, but so if you get offended, you're
1: uptight.
0: And it's like a way of like them not sort of dealing with their real feelings. Um,
1: yeah. When people so, can't feel like they can express themselves and you know, they'll try to get it out in a joke or you no, know, whatever yeah. way they can. Political and not a that's a bad so.
0: thing. Like I mean I, I, like I mean, like you know, speaking of like somebody like Pryor, for instance, like he took like those sort of ugly feelings and he like the, some like somebody like Pryor, like, took that shit and like made something out of it. Like he, he made a good joke out of it that didn't like deflect the ugliness. It sort of like reinforced it more than anything. I'm just refreshing the chat, everybody, so if I'm not catching a lot of your stuff, please don't get offended. Um
1: yeah, but the, the the term politically correct, though, just just the idea of what it actually is, is pretty much the language of the business community that makes it to where you don't hurt your bottom line when you're discussing other people or other races or anything like that. That's that's basically what PC is for. So, people who don't either don't have the sophistication to use that language, or should want to use that language. Are upset because they feel like they can't say what they want to say because people will perceive it as racist. Right. You know, the people who are using PC are usually just as racist, but they know how to cover it up a little better. So right. they, uh, we need to address uh, low income residents and their ability to, uh, I guess, grasp certain concepts or be skilled enough to be hired. When right. you know somebody poor who doesn't know that language would just say, "Man, I'm sick of these niggas on welfare." You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, I had, I was posing this as a business idea earlier uh, in the show, Nash. I just want, I just want to hear you what your opinion of this would be. Guess number eight writes, "Ah, crap! I couldn't take it. I had to come back." Are you? Were you guess number four? Oh my god. I'm I'm going to mercy fuck you. I'm just going to let you be in this chat room cuz you're sad if you are. Um so Nash, no, I had this idea. Um you know like like you know like peep shows or like those porn booths, like those those sort of like places that like you can go into a room and watch porn by yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Peep shows.
1: Yeah.
0: What if would this be a good business move? I think this would be kind of like a money maker. What if we had that for like white people who are just frustrated without, like, who could not express their own racism in their daily life because it's socially unacceptable. They could, like, put in a quarter and for a minute just scream all the racist shit that's inside of them in this padded booth. Oh,
1: and I then leave. You have they more do. Customers than white. What's that? I think you have more black
0: customers than white. You know what? Everybody's welcome. Everybody's fucking welcome. Yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, have black people in there, have white people in there, Asians the fucking Korean, uh, store owner you were talking about, like, yeah, man, like, I think that would be a fucking moneymaker, dude. Like, you put in a quarter for one minute, you scream, like, and, or, like, you know, black, you know, like, whatever you're screaming about, like, and then, like, and then, like, five minutes. Yeah. Cracker,
1: cracker, 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 yeah.
0: Which doesn't what? have the same sting, by the way. But, um... Like well, so like five it, minutes. It
1: doesn't have the same sting because of circumstances, not because of the word. It just doesn't have the same thing because of circumstances.
0: Well I'm sorry, was that?
1: Oh I said it just doesn't have the same sting because of circumstances. Like yeah, today exactly. if Lewis called Tom Brady a loser, it hurts today. But if it was last year when the Patriots beat the Ravens. <laughs> he laughs at him. you know what I mean?
0: Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that.
1: Um on what side of the seesaw you're all.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that would be a great moneymaker. Nobody steal that idea because I'm gonna I'm gonna sue you if you steal it. I have it on record here. Um let's see, sorry, my chat is slow here.
1: Yeah, like I like I'm finally I'm not worried about the word nigga. Like that doesn't bother me at all.
0: How'd you get to that point? Because I mean that's that's not that's not common. You know that, right?
1: Well, just just by understanding you aren't what somebody calls you. So, I mean, just just simple, basic shit. You're not what somebody calls you, so it really doesn't matter.
0: Well, I mean, like, did you have a parent or, like, a, a, somebody who taught you that, or, or like, how did you learn that?
1: Just reading. Just reading. Constant study, reading, study, listening to great people who knew a lot more than me from... Kwame to Deep Gregory to Martin Luther King. Learning.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember this from a few years ago. Um, well, I'll, I'll preface this with this. like, um, I, I, Like, while I understand the bite of the word, and I understand why people get offended, it's a little frustrating that this word has such sway over our culture in general. And I don't know if you remember this from a few years ago, the N the NAACP had a like a fake funeral for the N word. Do you remember that? Yeah. Am I wrong to think that, that, that that's just one of the dumbest things ever? That was like a Well you diff-
1: about you're talking about a, a, a organization that doesn't matter. So for them to do a act that doesn't matter makes sense for it it makes sense for them. Uh, Well, yeah, you're right about that. And the evidence would be
0: that they're they're still – I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I didn't interrupt you.
1: No, it's cool. At best, they're good for legal representation, like if somebody gets their ass kicked by the police or something. But besides that, they're not worth anything. That's why they still have the name NAACP because it's like Walmart branding. They don't want to change the name even though it's
0: 2013. And and uh, their name still has the phrase colored people in it.
1: Right. That's what I mean. It's like that they have to change it because it's branding. They don't want to change it because everybody knows the name. So it's,
0: yeah, it's just like uh, could, if we're gonna bury the n word, can you bury the cp phrase there, champ? Um, and so like I mean, there's been controversy, and you were talking about J- uh, Django and Chain last week, um, with or two weeks ago with that horrible host, Love Blitz McFlower Blossom. And if everybody, if anyone listened to that, I'm sorry that you listened to it. I I heard that. I could, I could not get through that archive. By the way, that was horrible. Um. Anyways, you uh you brought up um Django Unchained, right? And so um, but there's been so much controversy over the over like this record-breaking use of the N-word in that film. And um. You know, like, I, for one, I'm not African-American, but, like, and I enjoyed the film very much. And while I kind of get why people would be upset, I I don't really get it because it's, like, it's, this, it's clearly, like, a, a, a grindhouse film. He's telling you you're not supposed to take it seriously at all.
1: Yeah, but I would say talk to regular people about it and see what they say. You don't hear people complaining about that. The only people you hear complaining about that are people who can get in front of cameras. So I mean I don't I don't like with the regular people I've talked to at my job and people I know, I haven't yeah. heard one person say anything about the amount of words in words in the movie or cared to count.
0: Um, you mean you and you do you mean like African Americans who've seen the film? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like I read this I read this piece by Ishmael Reed, who's a famous... Well, he's not really famous. Not. Yeah, he's not really famous. Just. Yeah, and I mean, like, he was sort of, like, taking down... He was taking down the film, and um, Cecil Brown's another guy who's taking the film apart. But, like... Um, so, like, but, like, these sort of... These guys who are prominent, who are, like, leaders, who are, like, sort of, like, the thinking... Intellectuals and artists are the ones who are, like, making a big deal about it.
1: They're not going to be right on every topic. You know, get it wrong from time to time. True. Yeah, fair enough. But that's that's not going to take anything away from who he is to me, you know. I just think he got this particular thing wrong. I understand where his concern comes from in that we don't control our image, so a lot of people are always a little sensitive to what somebody else makes as far as art or whatever. If it's including us and we're not making it. I, mean, I can understand that, but right. if it's something you have control over for one. And for two, they make it something that's very small, way too big.
0: Right. I agree. Hey, guys. So, uh, if you're chatting in the chat room, <coughs> sorry, um, just uh, know that I my chat is slow, as always, as every week. this This fucking chat is always slow. So just know that I'm not ignoring you, all right? I love you all. No, I don't. I'm not like that fucking shitty host from a couple weeks ago. Um. So, I mean, do you, do you feel like, it, do you feel like it's, it sounds like, I mean, you've made peace with sort of, you, you've read a lot, you've made peace with, like, who you are, um, you know, what you're about, and, like, to the point where, like, a lot of, like, things like the end... Like, even, like, this word that's sort of presented as an extreme sort of, you know, offense doesn't bother you. Is, is I mean, is there a way of, like, educating other people of color or people of the LGBTQ community or women in general? Like, like I mean, is there is there something that can be done? Because, like, I just feel like... It's like any time a comedian says something. Any time, like, somebody says something out of line, like, we all flip out. And it's all, yeah, like... Yeah, but
1: let's... Let's just look at it like this: What's a little easier for people just to take that out of their vocabulary, or for a whole generation of people to get to the point to where it doesn't bother them? You know what I mean? Like, what's more likely to happen? I would say right. people stop in it, but at the same time, man, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. But it's just it's just part of who we are, man. And a lot of times, when like a white young man grows up and becomes a racist guy, it's not of his own doing. I mean, you know, he's right. educated a way. He watches the news. He watches different media outlets, and that's the conclusion he comes to. He looks around. He sees a lot of poor black people. He sees a lot of violent black people. So that's the conclusion that he comes to. So I, I don't knock the man for coming to that conclusion. I just pity him for not trying to educate himself and look a little further. But I can't right. knock him for that. The same way so I'm we, um, we have bad situations who get desperate and do things. So when I see some drug dealer right. being arrested, I don't get mad at the drug dealer because I understand what circumstances do to people what sure. they're willing to do.
0: So we have Dragon on the phone here. Dragon, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm here.
0: Good to he hear from you, buddy. How are you?
4: I'm doing fine. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. <laughs> uh and we have Naj radio um so uh what what's uh, what's going on with you man? you've been in the chat all night um what's what's uh what what do you want to say right now
4: yeah our our biggest problem, no matter what the race is 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 the media that we let let ourselves and our children watch
0: uh-huh
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, when, when when stuff dies down, the media always seems to flare it back up. Yeah, you're right about uh, that. They're, 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 you know, entertainment keeps the word nigger going. Uh, the news keeps it going by saying, hey, you know, somebody had a Klan rally here, blah, 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 or or, or some activist group gets up and starts protesting about something. You know, it's, just, it's always just, it's just like Naj no, is saying, I mean, if you if you feed the fucking animal, the animal's just going to grow.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you on that
4: one. Yeah, I mean, that may not... You know...
1: Look at the list of I problems see, we I, have I in this country. To... Like, the word is like, way down on the list as far as stuff we need to address. You
0: know? Yeah, like, I mean, what's kind of interesting to me is that, like, um... Like, say, like, the NAACP, like, Funeral Over the N-Word, or, like, you know, the Quentin Tarantino film using the N-Word a lot. It's like, why are we not addressing, like, the street-level shit like the things that are affecting people on a day-to-day level like the, the racism that's affecting people on a day-to-day level over that and like and and Naj, like what I'm, well, i guess like what i'm trying to say is like i mean i i was a little disappointed by like ishmael reed's piece and cecil brown's piece because it's like why are you not like sort of advocating something else or, or like sort of like coming out and being like all right guys fine this movie was stupid but it's not our biggest problem you know, yeah, and I, I I I totally hear what you're saying, that like people are gonna get it wrong every once in a while, but like if you position yourself as a black intellectual, and 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 like these guys are great writers, I've I've read some of their no- novels and stuff. It's like it's like you cannot complain when things don't progress because like you're sort of helping to find the conversation in a way that like other African-Americans don't have access to.
1: Well, I mean, like I said, people get things wrong, and then you got to add this on top. Black people, of course, are going to be a little paranoid about race. So there are going to be times oh, yeah, when you yeah. jump, and there clearly isn't race. I mean, that's, that's going to happen from time to time. And I, I guess my best advice would be, like, to people who get so mad at Al Sharpton, well, if you stop doing shit, you can put Al Sharpton out of business. There has to be an event for him to show up for the cameras and, you know, grants. That's right.
4: That's exactly you know, right.
3: Right. You can and always so, tell
4: You can always tell when when Al Sharpton's running short on money because he'll start some big-ass race shit. Get a whole bunch of donations, and then he gets quiet again.
1: That's my point, though, Dragon. He doesn't start anything. He shows up after the fact. He can't start anything.
4: Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm saying that they'll have you know they'll have a good viable issue going on in the community, and, and people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson to show up and steal the limelight and just go way off on it, you know, and uh, they end up getting all the donations and everybody from all the you know all the big celebrities and, and big groups like that, and, and the local problem that that, that, was, that was the first point of of the matter never gets fixed. Yeah, but, 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 you know, Al Sharpton, Al Sharpton carries the parade off in his direction instead of keeping it on focus. Does it every yeah, time?
1: Because they're, they're mobilizers, not organizers. Yeah. So if something happens, they can show up and mobilize the people in that area. But can they stay there and build and fix whatever problem was there and change the situation? No. They don't and, have that I, I, and,
4: and And I'll give you the reason. I'll give you the reason why they don't stay. And it's the reason why that the, our government doesn't doesn't stay in 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 place because there's no profit in poverty. Well, well what the point
1: is saying. The, not talented enough. I, I don't think they're both evil men. I just don't think they're talented enough. They were raised in SCLC where they learned at the feet of King, but they learned, like I said, mobilization. They didn't learn the organization. So. It, there's only so there's, there's limits to their ability and their ability is to get cameras on the situation when it's bad they'll show up and get cameras there, but beyond that, there's not too much that they can do, and that's just you know a, a honest assessment of those two men's abilities,
0: yeah, that's a good point um <laughs> to kind of change things up a little bit dragon um I don't know if you were hearing like a little bit earlier um about what we were talking about like how I don't know what are your thoughts on like what we were talking about earlier about like how sort of like there's this anger amongst white people right now, because like their jobs are being taken away, like a lot of their problems are not being addressed like what, what were your thoughts about that
4: i I'm, I'm not following who, whose jobs are being taken away I, I've had hmm. the same job for twenty years i I don't, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Okay, you've had the same job. Somebody, somebody's you know, gonna take care. Somebody's somebody, somebody, right now if,
4: who hasn't if, been if if somebody had their job taken away, they weren't working hard enough to keep their job. Quit, quit voting in politicians that allow our companies to move overseas. You know, the, uh, you, if you look, if you look, probably most of these politicians that that vote for things like that, they probably all have stock in that company or or, or related companies.
1: Well, I, I'll give you a number. In the last 10 years, we've lost 2.9 million manufacturing jobs, and coincidentally, China has gained 2.7 million of those jobs.
4: Well, I'm so sure that's the case. They, they, they can get it made cheaper there, but if you look at the people that are here in this country that have their finger in all that money-making, they're not losing any money. They're the ones yeah, that move that co- company over well, there. They don't they don't give a shit. All they care about is their bottom line.
1: But that's the, so Dragon, so you as a white as a white man, for you to say that you you're straight, you've got you had the same job is to still ignore those white brothers and sisters of yours who are living in you know what I mean, impoverished situations because they don't they don't have a job anymore.
3: Hello. You, uh, you there? know they they
4: they shouldn't have uh, they I don't I don't know what their particular situation is, but I'm sure they didn't prepare for anything like that. Well Dragon you, saying you, they didn't prepare
1: live. me saying they didn't prepare means they went on a job and they weren't good enough so they got fired. I just told you we lost two point nine, they picked up two point seven because they could pay them cheaper cheaper uh wages. That has nothing to do and, with and, the actual work. And and the
4: bad thing about it, when that when that product gets sent back sent back to this company, we buy it. Instead of refusing right. to buy it. Right. That's a good solution.
0: Yeah, so, so like, I mean I
4: mean we I mean, we're 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 gonna have to have food, I understand that. Uh but you know, this this ordination has gotten so caught up in in keeping up with each other and, and, and getting having their bling and all that shit that they don't realize you know how many people have lost their job because of the because of the corporation's going overseas, and of course the corporation's going to look for the cheapest way to get something done uh, but you know if we cons- if we keep on consuming you know it's just going to keep on happening,
0: so I mean dragon, you voted for Romney, who is one of the most egregious right. offenders.
4: I like I told you before, I did not yeah, vote I know for Romney know for anything I- about his political stance. Vote for him because was white,
0: even though like he would hurt other white people.
4: I would have much rather had him in office than I would have had a black person in office,
0: even though he would have hurt your own people though. Like a lot of a lot you know, of people. you don't
4: necessarily you don't necessarily know what what he would have done. I mean, you can look at a person's history and of course go by their history, but you really don't know what he would have done unless he became until he became president. Well, okay, well, you
1: don't, you don't, you don't necessarily know because it didn't happen. But I can tell you one thing: he wouldn't have gave a damn about poor black and white folks. I tell you that. Yeah. You think? You think Obama
4: cares about? You think Obama cares about black people? Not at all. He's an, elit- he's an elitist,
1: just like the rest of them. Exactly. I would not I mean, saying either. That's why I said I wrote in, put in my vote. I didn't vote for either one of those criminals.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, so, I mean, it, it's one of those things where if you're truly committed to the solidarity and self and, and I'm using y'all's words, by the way, guys, my chat is, like, blank, because talk shoe is, uh, whatever, it's fine. You've heard this complaint yeah, well, many times.
1: Well, Just, just look, at, look at the conversation that's going on right now. The NRA, which is mostly funded by gun makers, is out here grandstanding with Obama, making a big show. And basically what they've done is they've been people into thinking that Obama is going to come for their guns, and people are buying guns in record numbers. Now, mm-hmm. that works for both sides. The NRA gets to, and their gun manufacturers get to sell guns, yeah. and Obama gets to appeal to the left about something that he's not yeah. actually going to do because yeah. any political party that removes the guns from this country would not be elected for at least, at least another decade. They would be out of favor yeah. for a yeah. long time. So nobody's actually gonna do that. Yes. That's why the Republicans yes. are calling it bluff when he keeps yeah. popping the all, acting like something. Yeah. It's not It's all,
4: that. it's all, it's all just just media hype. They 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 people just yeah, feed but, off but look that look look stuff. What it's what just ridiculous.
1: Look what the media hype does. Since we're talking about guns, we haven't seen anything about a job report. We haven't seen anything That's about right. unemployment. Yeah. We haven't seen anything like that on the news or the newspapers in the last month or so. So Obama is hoping this shit keeps rolling, so he doesn't have to talk oh, yeah. about the economy. That's right. Yeah, very true. That's right. And you know, it's, it's a sad thing to see so many people fall for this shit. You see people running out buying guns by the dozen when they're not realizing they'll be
4: manipulated is. by
1: the side.
4: And like, you know, and like I said earlier on the chat, you know, I, I'm a gun owner. I believe in, in people's right to have guns, but there's no reason for anybody to have an assault rifle in this country. It's, there's just no use for it. You know, if, if you get a handgun, you become proficient with a handgun, proficient with a shotgun, and if you like to hunt, buy a hunting rifle. But there's no reason to have a high-capacity rifle. There's just no reason for it. Right. We, ha- we have plenty of police. We had plenty of military there's just no reason for those guns, and and people can say they can they, they're going to get all these guns, you know, to keep the, the balance of government versus citizen. I, let me tell you what, I've, I've seen the military destroy cultures. I've seen it because I was there. I don't give a damn how many machine guns an untrained uh, group of people have. The military will crush you, and they won't yeah. care.
1: <laughs> they're going to isolate you for terrorists and tell everybody else. That you were evil people, make up a story about you, and everybody will watch TV and not think about it a, a second time. It'll, it'll be another yeah. Waco.
4: All those people. That's thinking. right. I mean, you don't, you don't. You, you, I mean, you're you, you're not being smart when you try to take over the, uh, try to 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 uh, tell the government you're not going to do something publicly. If they want, if they want to fucking make you do it, they're going to make you do it. And if yeah, you, and if you don't do it, they're going to kill you.
0: That was the and argument at, I was using look at, against... Look
4: at like, look Tiananmen at, look at, look at Square. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people, un- unarmed people, you know, yeah. tried, tried to have a protest, and the government come in and just slaughtered them.
3: Right. You know, I mean, you, I mean, you, I
4: mean you, can, you can be as much of an activist as you want, but when the government's tired of it, they're going to stop you. And I don't care how many guns you have.
1: Well, you can take it to the civil rights movement. Every leader who said that their thing was, well, we're going to protect ourselves or we're going to attack white people, they ended up dead. The people yeah. who said we're going to go within the law, civil disobedience, and we're going to shame the rest of the country into progress, they made gain The other people died. If you look at the murder of Fred Hampton, it'll tell you all about, you know, what being a revolutionary means, right? It ain't no easy job to all these people talking shit on talk show and other places like that. It's, it's real easy to talk that shit, but to actually live it, man, that's a scary existence.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. So, Guest number 3 is uh, accusing you of being a Jew, Dragon. Is that true?
4: Oh, uh, uh, no, that, that's, that's negative. No, I, don't, I don't have any Jew bloodline. Okay, I do, know. do you
0: understand what I was saying earlier? Like, I mean... So this, this guy, Guess Number 3, he's been on our chat the whole night. He's been listening to this fucking show. And the moment that he disagrees with you, he calls you a Jew. And he's sort of, in a, in a in a bad way, by the way. He just calls you names and calls you a Jew and stuff like that to, like, discredit like anything that you're saying. like. That, and that's not what this show's about, by the way.
1: That's always the easiest way. You demonize yeah. somebody so you don't have to deal with them either... By arguing logic or arguing your opinion, you just demonize them by saying, okay, he's a nigger, he's a Jew, he's a man, you you know. Don't. If, you don't, if you don't feed the beast, they won't get
4: fat. Yeah. Well, just, I'm just, just saying, just man, like, him. I mean, like,
0: this is an honest exploration. This show is meant to be a genuine exploration, so guest number three, guest number five, and guest number eight, you're welcome to call in, too. Just dial that fucking number. Don't give your name. Like, I don't really care what your name is. Just call in if you want to, like, talk to us, it, like. I'm I'm happy to keep this going. I'm happy to I'm I'm here. So, and if I'm writing like tests and chat and stuff like that, guys, like I'm trying to get my chat going because my my room is kind of screwy here.
1: Yeah, uh, but just because I'm a, I'm a sports guy, can I throw this out real quick? Yeah. Just just how strong perception is when little white kids watch television and see NBA players and NFL players, and they see only black faces. They think right. that they can't compete out there, so they either go to baseball or hockey or some other sport very young. Right. The reality is when you go back further, you see there were a lot of white professional athletes, but when you don't think you can do something, it actually starts to happen, and you actually start to believe it. And so it, After a while, it becomes whatever, and you start to think, well, black people are faster. They jump higher. They're quicker than me. It's like, nah, that's not true at all. You know, I, I would I would think that would
4: be the opposite. If there was ninety nine black athletes that were good, and one and one white athlete that said, "Hey, man, I'm going to bust through this crowd and show these people what I'm made of," you would think that they would pay more attention because it's not it's not as as the norm anymore.
3: They do pay attention. Well, to
4: you get a if you get a foot ten, you get a five foot ten white guy that's dunking balls all of a sudden just come out of nowhere you know, dunking balls right in front of those six foot six black
1: guys, the camera's gonna be on.
0: Dragon, Jeremy Lynn. The
1: problem, the problem comes within how you make those athletes. Those best NBA athletes that you see, they're made because they go up against the best competition every day all of their lives and then they become real good. So that's why you got white baseball players who are as good as they are, because they're playing against the best competition from a very young age. It's not because they're white that they're playing baseball and they couldn't play basketball, it's because that's the sport they chose because they thought, you know, they couldn't play the other one. But competition is what makes guys as, as good as they are. For every black right. NBA right. athlete you see out there, there's 100,000 who were almost as good and couldn't make it.
4: Right. It's true. It's not, it's not winning. It's the desire to win.
1: Well, right. well it's not only a desire. You have to have the right environment. You have to grow up among elite competition. Larry Bird playing in French Lick, Indiana, against – the best in that city, in that area, Indiana basketball capital, that's why he became as good as he was. But, you know, like I said, people will gloss over that and just say, ah, oh, well, white guys can't make it in the NBA. Or you well, take a that- uh, white chocolate, Jason Williams, who just retired. He played, he was from the hood in West Virginia, and he went to the yeah. NBA as a white guy. But
4: what well, about under-
1: leadership.
4: Jeremy Lynn. You know, I've been yeah. I've been all through I've been all through West Virginia, and I've, I've yet to find the hood there. Uh, I've found some impoverished, impoverished areas, but I, I haven't found any hood.
1: Oh yeah, there. he's from the. Three. I'm sure, like in, right. in
4: Charleston, places like that, there might be what they consider a hood. But I've been <laughs> in in uh, Los Angeles. I've seen what the fucking hood is. I've been in Detroit. I've seen what the hood is.
2: So
0: what? so Dragon, yeah, I have a question for you. I have a question for Dragon. Oh, hey, hello, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Sorry, um, so Dragon, what's the difference between, what's the difference between an impoverished area and a hood?
1: See that?
4: Ah, there's more gun stores and, and beer stores and pawn shops in the hood than there is in an
1: impoverished area. Okay. Yeah, but you still get the same result. That's what I'm saying. So, like, even though it's in West Virginia, that's coal mining country where most people there are poor. So, athletically, you got a lot of competition. That's why you get so many athletes out of that area. Randy Moss and Jason Williams went to the same high school.
4: Hmm. I don't have I no idea. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not. Sports literate, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh,
3: okay,
4: well, so, so I spend my time to behind people. a computer and, and watching other people work. That's all I do.
1: Yeah. well, that, That's all I was trying to do. I was just trying to explain right. why people, you know, believe in these stereotypes over the years. And what you find is if you really look at it,
3: it's not true.
4: The thing about it is, people, uh, you know, the races need to take care of their own people, because you know nobody else is going to. If anybody relies on the government to do anything for them, you know they're they're living a sad dream, because all all, all welfare does is, is keep you under control, keeps you under guard thumb. Well,
1: I haven't met anybody who enjoyed the welfare. <laughs> <laughs> like so, I understand what you're saying, but I haven't met anybody who liked it or enjoyed that experience. Yeah.
4: I knew, I knew plenty of people that, that, that actually benefited from welfare, but they weren't, you know, drug dealers or stuff like that. And they enjoyed not doing a damn thing and and
1: okay. well, well, collecting food stamps it, for here. money instead
4: of actual money.
1: Well, let me take a <laughs> You can always find somebody who's trying to cheat the system.
5: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: we had a bank sale out a couple of years ago a trillion dollars
5: you okay buddy
4: yeah i'm trying to get over a cold same here
0: see we have that in common everyone but, gets cold sorry nash yeah. go ahead
1: no it's cool man uh I'm, I'm, my battery is actually running low so i'm gonna get out of here man uh okay i'm gonna definitely check this show out tomorrow though man thanks for letting me on and talk uh let me on to speak uh Goodbye. Uh, good night to you.
0: Good night to Dragon. Uh, all right, man. All right, uh, yeah. Thanks for yeah, coming on. Night. You're welcome anytime. All right. All right. Good night, dude. All right. Good stuff, right, guys? Sorry, guys. Uh, anyone who's listening right now, um, let's see. Um, my chat is always like uh, my chat is fucked up. Still. Um, Guess number eight. If you want to call in, please feel free to call in. Like, just dial that number.
4: You got one, You got guest three called in.
0: Okay, hold on. Hey, guest number three, you there?
3: Guest number three, are you there?
0: Hello? Dragon, can you hear him?
3: I can't hear a thing. <sighs> All
0: right, guest number three.
3: Just... If you have something to say, just say it. Guest number three. You there, buddy? Hello? No? Okay,
0: whatever.
5: Hello? Yeah,
3: hello. are you there?
0: Hello? Yeah. Okay, hello. How are you? Yeah, good. You're good. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning into the show. By the way,
5: yeah, I just wanted to comment on uh, Dragon.
0: You want to comment on Dragon? Okay, what, what do you have to say, Dragon?
5: Uh, about the assault rifles, like saying no one needs an assault rifle. Okay. Yeah, why does he think that?
4: Because there's there's no use for someone to have an assault rifle. There's just no 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 no.
5: Yeah, but it's written sword. in the Constitution.
4: No, uh, it's, it's written in the Constitution to, to to have the right to bear arms. It's not. There's no nothing saying that you need a high capacity magazine and a, and a, a rifle that more or less just wastes bullets.
5: Yeah, but back in uh, when in the Second Amendment was um, signed on, um, back then they had muskets, French muskets. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So. uh but in today's um but the founding fathers wanted a uh a ironclad guarantee that tyranny um wouldn't take place, so they had to arm the citizens. Right,
3: but
4: what's the purpose of an assault rifle?
5: Well, today's army um today's army soldiers they have AR fifteen assault rifles, don't they? So the citizens need AR-15 assault rifles. Hey, um, guess number three,
0: where are you
5: from?
0: <laughs> guess number three, can you hear me? Uh, yeah. You have an accent, where are you from? Don't don't um, give me your address, I'm just asking.
5: I'm just in, uh, on the west coast.
0: You're on the west coast? You sound like you're from Australia.
5: No, that's, no.
0: Okay, um... So guess I, I have a question. I mean, this is, this is something that I've been trying to argue with my gun rights friends. If you're afraid of the government coming after you, answer this question. And Dragon touched on this a little bit earlier when, when you were describing the military and how they would take you down. If you were the president of the United States or you were, like, the leader of any country, and, or, or, you know, like if you were the president of the United States today... And you want to turn on your populace and disarm them? How would you do it? Would you send gunmen out, or would you send fucking drones?
5: Talk to me. Um, just no, I'm talking gunmen. to
0: guest number three.
5: Okay. Uh, they're just changing the uh, the law. That's what they're doing now. What? What they're doing now is changing the law. They're just doing it that way.
0: Okay, just answer my question, like. This, this sort of like – this, this idea and like the sort of argument used for assault rifles is like, well, we need protection in case the government turns on us. If the government – and like Dragon was describing earlier, if the government turned on you, they have a multitude of resources that will crush you.
5: Yeah, but how, how good does it look when the government starts killing its own citizens? Oh, no. ask, it doesn't look good. It's... Nobody said it looks good,
0: man. Like, just—I mean—are you—are you not understanding the question I'm asking you?
5: Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Well, if you know, we, you haven't got like a, uh, um, but it'd be guerrilla war- warfare more than anything.
4: It would not be guerrilla warfare. The U.S. citizens would not, citizens would not stand a, stand a chance against the U.S. military.
0: Okay, guess number three. I'll put it to you this way. If I had the choice, if I was a president and I just decided like I'm gonna turn on my own people to control them, and I had the choice between between sending out gunmen versus sending out drones and missiles and then or or tanks even. What would I
5: choose? Um yeah, I guess you'd use your military or whatever. Like that. The only thing this so,
4: thought rifle is going to do for you is 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 make it Yeah, you but a that's target. not going to
5: happen. They not They wouldn't do that. They would um, send out soldiers and with their AR-15s and um, no, they're they're, they're going to the- send out
4: soldiers after they blow blow the place up.
5: But they're not going to they're not going to destroy their own city like that.
4: No. Okay. This is all
0: hypothetical. You understand that, right? Like, yeah. I'm challenging I'm challenging the statement that you made. And and it's something that Dragon spoke to a little bit earlier, just now. Like, if if the military and you, Dragon, you brought up Tiananmen Square, you brought up a lot of things. Like, if the military wants to turn on the populace, they will win. So, what are your guns? What are your assault rifles really for?
5: Uh, well, they might think twice um, before they turn on um, their citizens if um, the citizens aren't. Are you serious? Oh God! Uh, so you're, you're you Your you're, Honour, you're, you're, the, you're you're the one coming up with a hypothetical situation that to of the Americans, you're telling
4: me, you're telling me that one of the most highly trained militaries in the world gives a shit. You know how do you know the, the, the military? How do won't
5: desert? How do you know the military won't desert? Wait, what? Won't won't um, desert? Whatever it's called, desert, um, desert the military or whatever. Dodge the draft, whatever it's called.
0: A deserter. You're... Yeah. Okay, what about that?
5: Well, I couldn't imagine a U.S. soldier wanting to kill its own citizens.
4: I'll tell you what, they had an interview in, in in, in um, oh shit, I don't remember, the, mil- the, 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 the Marine Base South of Los Angeles. They interviewed couple of soldiers up there and they said they were talking it in that perspective and they said what would you do if you were told to take up arms against your own citizen and, and every one of them said they would do as ordered. And I'm sure there's gonna be plenty of deserters if that ever took place, but
5: yeah, the yeah. majority
4: of the military majority of military will follow orders and they will disarm you whether you give them their gun or they pry it from your dead fingers. Yeah. It doesn't make a damn what, how, what kind of an assault rifle you had when they drop down a platoon of 200,000 soldiers into your city. It doesn't make a shit how, how many AR-15s you had when you got 200,000 of them pointed at you.
5: So you just want to lay down and die.
4: Like I said, there, there's, no, there's no reason for a citizen to have an assault rifle. If well, you, you're just ready. marking, you're just marking yourself for death. You're marking I'm yourself for ready. death.
0: Yeah, guess, I'm, guess number three. You're, like you're, you're not connecting every statement that's being made. You're, i and I don't know if you're doing that on purpose or not. Because like you just now, like you, you propose, and you're the one who started this. You propose the idea that like you need an assault rifle in case the government turns on you. Both of us explain like how you're just not going to win with a fucking assault rifle if the government should turn on you. And then you're like, why would the government turn on us? Like, I, I, I don't know what your point is. So I, let me simplify this for you. Why do you need an assault rifle?
5: Like I said originally.
0: What did you say originally? Because um, we're lost now. It's got a,
5: it's, it was the Founding Fathers put it in the Constitution, so... No, they to fucking didn't. So they to prevent they it did not tyranny. put it in the
4: Constitution that you needed an assault rifle. Yeah, well,
5: they back said then you then had then the right had their, to take out had. if... Back then, they only had French muskets, but today soldiers have, you know, assault rifles. So therefore, the citizens also need assault rifles. That's just my point.
0: Okay, but if the mil—so you're you're saying the soldiers and the military, you're using these terms, you're afraid that the military is going to turn on its citizenry? Is that what you're saying?
5: No, if they ever did. Um, and
0: what we're fucking se- okay. What? If they ever Dragon did. Dragon and I are they, both they, have both trying to sell you. Don't talk over me. What we've been both trying to tell you is that, like, if the military chose to turn on you, they would not send gunmen out. They would send out fucking, like, high-grade weaponry. Dude, do you not – how are you not making this connection? I'm just – I'm starting to get frustrated with you. How long have they been in
5: Afghanistan for? How long have they been in Afghanistan for?
0: Uh, Over a decade now.
5: Yeah, and they still haven't beaten – some terrorists with a couple of assault rifles. AK-47. You're you
4: man. Look, man, oh, you yeah. have no idea what, about war. There, there's a there's a reason why we're there to secure the the world's interest in oil. Thank okay? you. Okay, that's the only reason we're there. It's either drugs or oil. That's the only thing. That's the only reason why wars are fought. It's either drugs or oil. And first of all, let me let me clarify something for you. The Second Amendment was not your right to keep to to have a gun, to have an assault rifle. The Second Amendment was was written. For people to have arms, people have arms, in case they needed to to form a, a militia to to protect their area. Now that's that's the right that that shouldn't be infringed, infringed on. It's a security of a free state. But that it, it it's you you need to understand what a right is. When a right is given to us by the government, it, it it's not it's not like a fucking like you know you have the right to go out and eat a cheeseburger. And they can take away those rights any time they want. It's called martial law. And then they can come in with guns and take any fucking thing they want to take from you because all the five five general – the first five executive orders gives the government the power to take everything from the citizens. That's all their food, all the fuel, all their guns, any damn thing they want to take. All they have to do is declare martial law, and the Constitution is no longer in effect.
3: crickets crickets so, so, ass- so
4: don't, so don't, so don't assume those rights are set in stone because they're not. The government can take them at any time they want.
5: Yeah, and then they would be sort of like anarchy, wouldn't it? They?
4: they would not be like anarchy, man. W- w- all they gotta do is cut off the, f- the fuel supply, cut off electricity, cut off the food. Just like that, gives seven days at the most, and ninety-nine percent of the population will be begging for food and they'll be glad to give up those guns for food. So you can't eat that assault rifle. Now, there's going to be, there's going to be a few people that, that, trot, that trot off into the woods to little survival shelters, and they can live for a year. But guess what? Those fires burn at night. Those generators run at night. The government has heat-seeking weapons. They'll find you, and they're going to find you. They're going to take your guns. They're going to corral you down to their little pen. They're going to keep you in, and you're going to be just like the rest of the people. So, so why target yourself with death? Just, just, just obey the rules. Don't break any laws, and, and don't be a fucking gun nut.
0: Well, I can't argue with that. I don't agree with dragging on a lot of things, but like that—that's something I agree with the gentleman on. Yeah,
5: okay, I got a guy go now. Anyway. There's
4: nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong <laughs> I mean, with with, with having guns, but you need to be proficient in the guns that you have. There's no reason to have an
5: assault rifle. There's
4: yeah. just there's just no logic in it.
5: Yeah, okay, I made my point. Um,
0: no, you didn't really. But guess. <laughs> but you need, are you going on a bike ride right now, guest number three? Another bike ride?
5: Um, no, I'm just gonna go pick my welfare check up.
0: Okay, have fun.
5: Well, we enjoy, know enjoy, enjoy, more, more. enjoy.
3: Yep, bye.
0: Enjoy. All, right.
3: All
0: right. Oh God. Okay. Should this show? I, I'm, I'm just posing this to everybody. Like, this show was meant to be like a broad sort of show. Like, should it mutate into something else? Like, what do you? I mean, Dragon, you're free, free to chime in on this I, stuff. Like, I,
4: I think it. I think the, the show is fine when you when you get people on that are that are talking the something with some substance. You know, I, th- I think your show has a good foundation. Thank you. I like to talk more about race. A, a lot of the stuff on your show is is revelatory to me, and I appreciate you having the show. Thank you. But sometimes when you get in with your little, uh, you know, chat fights with the with the trolls, it kind of gets irritating.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks for thanks for telling me that, and thank you. I mean, you and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, and I mean, I don't know if we will one day or not. But like I I do I I do appreciate your participation I really do I like I mean
4: I mean I do I do strongly feel that 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 people should should care for their own race and Yeah I'm not saying to 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 burn crosses in their yards and kill people I'm just talking about promoting the progression of their own race You know as best as they can You know as legally as they can
0: Right. Um, and everybody, like, look, should
4: be, everybody should be proud. Everybody should be proud of where they came from, or it, or be proud of their race, you know, whichever, however they want to say it.
0: Um, I I, I agree. Like, and I mean, not not. I, I I feel like everybody should be proud of where they're coming from and own that. And I guess, like, I just sort of feel like the human race is one big race. I'm, I'm sorry to sound like fucking Oprah right now, but uh um, it's sort of like that's that's how I feel, but and you know what, like we you and I like sort of we we cross paths. We we agree on a lot of things. We disagree on a lot of things. I enjoy these talks though, and so oh, they're, um,
4: they're they're pretty cool. They're pretty yeah cool.
0: yeah. Um, so uh, it's getting a little late here. I'm gonna go ahead and end the show. I mean, guest number eight here is. Just fucking calling us names, retards, and brain-allocity. idiots. again, it's like, dude, you have nothing to fucking say. You can't back up what you're saying. I offered for you to call in, and you're not. So you know what? Like, you got nothing if you just call us retards. And if you think, like, if you think, like, I'm going to, like, my feelings are going to be hurt by a stranger calling me a retard, you should just not tune into the show anymore. Um, sorry, I'm getting over a cold, too. Um, so... Hey, that's what we have in common. Yep. The flu is non discriminatory. The flu hates that's everybody. Right. <laughs> um
4: I I think the flu likes everybody.
0: Yeah, that's a problem. Ugh. All right. Well if we could all if, if if all races could unite in in disseminating the flu, it'd be amazing. The government
4: doesn't want that. The government doesn't want the races to unite. The government that's wants to tr- keep everybody apart.
0: Very true. I agree with you on that. I'm uh, my chat is still sucky. I'm uh, just uh, I'm just sort of posting my Twitter handle and my email handle. So if anybody um, if if anybody like has any sort of comments for me about the show, if anybody wants to come on or you have any ideas for the show, let me know about that. Email email us here at at thehateprojectradio.com or at twittercom thehateproject. You can contact us there. Um sorry. I'm just re-entering this because I don't know if it's even fucking. Uh, and uh, yeah, guest number eight, you were fucking useless as a human being. Great. Um, I'm gonna go at the end of the show. Uh, Dragon again. Thank you for calling in this week. Uh, I appreciate it. We missed you here. Uh,
4: what the hell? Happened I, I, the I, know, week's I know last week. What's that? What the hell happened to last week's show?
0: I don't know. The 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 main host dropped the ball. So. Fuck him. Um, I mean, I know the week before was rough. It was Love Bliss, whatever that guy was. That guy was horrible. He's not coming back on the show. He's staying in San Fernando. But, um,
4: thank you again. his contract. What's that? He's tearing up his contract.
0: Yeah, he's not coming back.
4: Mm.
0: Fired for life. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thanks, everyone, for participating I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Notch Radio and uh, give a shout-out to guest number three for calling in. Look, I'm sorry if we were rough on you, but that's how it goes around here. All right, guys. uh, Dragon, have a great evening, man.
4: All right. All right, and everyone else
0: have a great evening. Good night. And happy MLK Day. Happy MLK Day. MLK Day. MLK Day. MLK Day. He used to sleep with white women.
2: So nearing the end there, when Dragon uh, tells me that he finds the show revelatory and that he appreciates me having the show. I genuinely am moved by that Um, because in that moment I do think that wow there maybe is some value to the show. Um, As you could hear I was sort of questioning whether there was any value and I did that today as I was recording this Um, and uh, I really was moved though at that time because I thought um, okay there's at least some progress there's going to be some understanding and Hey, understanding and awareness leads to good things, usually, or so we're taught. Um, Again, you know, I don't know where Dragon is these days. Um, I don't know uh, how much it illuminated his own life or if he took these conversations and uh, it helped him deepen understanding of himself and other people. I don't know. Anyways, uh, that's our episode. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, email me at paradoxofcivility at gmail.com or at me at Twitter at civilpodcast.com or Facebook me at the Paradox of Civility Facebook page. Um, Thank you, and I will talk to you next time.